0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week Podcast. We go to Adelaide today. We've got the uh, breakfast hosts from Adelaide's number one station, Erin Ansoda. Welcome to Media Week.
1: G'day, James. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, look, thanks for uh, thanks for speaking to us. Now you've, when we record this, you've just come off air. Another gruelling th- three hours uh, entertaining Adelaide as they wake up. Now the the partnership's still relatively young, isn't it? I know they're still promoting it as Adelaide's new way to wake up. Um, how long can they keep that going? You reckon? <laughs>
1: um, but that is a question that uh, people getting paid a lot more and probably a lot <laughs> smarter than us are going to decide. Um, how long that's going to go mm. for? But we did. Uh, well, what are we into now? Six months, Aaron. Um, and we had three months last year when yep. um, Aaron filled in um, with the maternity leave. So uh, we've sort of had a little bit of time together as we're, we get well, to know each other.
2: James, we're into our eighth month, so he knows nothing then about our relationship. So he's already <laughs> forgotten.
1: I know that Aaron has <laughs> seven tattoos. <laughs> and I discovered today, James, that uh, given the Elton John. Um, Due a Leaper compilation or corroboration has come out. Um, I know that Erin has a tattoo that has something to do with Elton John. Mm. I discovered that today. And somewhere she didn't really want to reveal, wasn't it? Was that? Yeah, yeah well, we've seen a
0: few. Yeah, there's a couple of tattoos that I can't sort of find out <laughs> where it's they of are. the
2: imagination.
0: Mm. <laughs> now, was, was that you being clever about future content, Erin, or is it?
2: <laughs> No, no, I've got, I've got a tattoo. I've got seven tattoos and, uh, yes, I can confirm one is um, very relative to Elton. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Wonderful. <laughs> now tell me, what was the, um, how well did you guys know each other before you started on radio together?
2: Uh, so I've known Soda a long time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh,
1: look, I, I've got a feeling. I think um, uh, through Erin's family and her, and her dad, Greg, who yeah. is, uh, you know, one of the all-time greats. Of Australian football, mm. not just South Australian football. Um, I'd sort of crossed paths with Erin at times when she was a teenager and was, you know, not not playing football because she had to go and play basketball. They always had these charity games between the two big football teams here, the Crows and Port. And a couple of times Erin, you played mm. um, alongside your dad and some of the other Port legends in these charity games. So I think I'd even interviewed you a couple of times yeah. in different scenarios. So
2: you're
1: yeah, probably, you know, known each other in some capacity for 20 years even, probably.
2: And probably yeah. known Soda just because he's such an icon here in South Australia. He's on your TV. He's, Jeez. you know, with uh, football and news. So you kind of, I felt like I knew him um, just by watching him and obviously listen, listening to him on the TV every every night. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: James, I've just got into it up there. It's a very shallow gene pool in Adelaide. So when we're talking icons, we're talking probably more falls and things like that. So clearly Aaron's a little mistaken. Everyone knows
2: who Soda is. It's funny, you you know, if he goes anywhere, everyone's coming up to him. So, uh, yeah. Very well
0: known around the city. Yeah, well, they certainly did it at a supermarket on the weekend, according to. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely, mate. And you know what? I did the same bloody thing yesterday in a shopping centre. I walked in and oh. looked around and went, God! And I had to run back to the car and get a mask. Yeah. Because we haven't really worn them much, you know. Like in Sydney, Melbourne, obviously where where you guys are, it's become a part of everyday life. Mm. But for us, it's still something really new. Um, with all of that, so we've been quite fortunate in the way things have been handled here in South Australia in that area. Yeah, that, just quickly
0: on that COVID too. I mean, I've, I've seen you post a social photo from a, a little home studio set up. Have you had to broadcast remotely much?
2: Uh, we've been really fortunate actually. It's only twice where um, both of us got caught up. One time I was in a Perth hotspot um, when I was playing football, so I had to um, isolate and um you Know, go live from my garage and then got a caravan up the driveway eventually, and so just recently, um, who also was in a supermarket mm. that was a, a hot spot. So, uh, fortunately, only twice. Um, so, you know, we've been pretty lucky.
1: Well, James, the best part was because um, in both those situations, someone Aaron knew from New Age Caravans actually dropped. Yeah, a brand-new caravan. Like You had one in your driveway, then I had one just recently because yep. we got a 14-day isolation because my wife went to the wrong Woolworths. Um, you actually, and I couldn't broadcast with the three kids in the house because they were running yep. them up. So after two days, uh, Aaron organised to have this beautiful um, caravan. It was like a – it felt like I was in a trailer from a Hollywood set, not that I've been in one of those, but just what <laughs> I've imagined. So I actually broadcast from inside this while the Olympics were on with the TV on and everything. So yep. it was actually – Fantastic and peace and quiet away from um, the mm. kids and, and my wife and I just hid in there for most of the time I was on isolation. When you first came together last
0: year to do that that fill in spot, did they did you have to do much testing or did they just
1: throw you in and thought, look, this will probably work. If yeah. it doesn't, we'll deal with it. Um, well, we did spend a fair bit of time, yeah. you know, beforehand chatting and talking. Um, the one thing that I noticed straight away, James, was that. Um the thing about Erin is she's had some unbelievable life experience, things that we can only ever dream of, like, you know, having lunch with Barack Obama in the White House, mm-hmm. um, but she's still the girl that I've met and I think Adelaide's known who walks around in her tracky dacks at, at Westlake Shopping Mall. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I saw that even when Erin was filling in. You could see that she's very grounded, very authentic, but just has this really diverse Range of experiences and is a mum of three, you know, the greatest female footballer we've ever seen, the part of the only Australian team that's ever won a gold medal in the basketball the world championships. Um, but you've got, you know, a local girl who loves South Australia, loves the regions and Port Lincoln. So it, it's sort of a very rare um, and unique and authentic sort of experience. Um, and, and because she is down to earth, you know, I think people straight away resonate to that and, you know, an amazing role model, not just for young girls, but also young boys.
2: It was still um, quite daunting and must admit um, I've done, obviously, interviews with sport and, you know, things like that, but we're co-hosting a breakfast show, um, you know, for three hours with um, all live, um, yeah, it was very, very daunting. I've been in high-pressure situations, so um, it did help a little bit, but it was it honestly did prepare me for anything like um, live radio, so it was something new. Uh, and different. So it was definitely a thrill um, to be able to, you know, do those three months in the beginning.
0: Um, coming up with the content, uh, I'm always impressed by w- when I listen to you guys, the stories you have. And, look, you've you've been on air, you know, in two blocks for, what, close to nine months now. Mm. I mean, you're still coming up with some, some pretty good content. I think you had the story about smuggling back a... Um, a big beer. Um, oh, beer stone, yeah. Beer Stein And Erin, you had the story yesterday about having um, Nathan Buckley's premiership medal in the, in <laughs> yeah. the family for sure. 10 years. Does, does stuff just come back into the memory, you know, the, now and then that you pop up and think, oh, look, this might be good for the show?
2: Mm. Well, yeah, I think um, look, anytime time, um, you know, you can bring and share your experiences and stories and engage with listeners and, and have some fun. Um, um just mm. tends to come easier. The simple, the simple things are the easiest. We found that um, that work.
1: Yeah, that sort of I think resonate or you know relate mm. to to everyone. And you know, I'm I'm still James. I don't even know why I'm on radio because I thought <laughs> I'd get sacked after about six months. Um, and why I'm on TV because I thought you know i feel like I've got imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, so to me, I still find it quite bizarre that uh, I find myself in these positions. I mean, Aaron's, you know, had international experience in in another field and that sort of thing. But to me, you know, I just try and keep it sort of as simple as what our lives are because it's not all, you know, carrying on and going out. You know, I've got three kids, little kids. Aaron's got three kids. I'm at home, you know, up to my elbows in crap and nappies and and that. So, you know, I feel like we are very, very similar to the people that listen to us and hopefully – you know, people sharing their stories with us and us sharing our stories, um, you know, provides a nice a nice little link together.
0: Mm. The Yeah, the, I mean, you look at your ratings history and the performance of the station mm. and you seem not to overthink things. I mean, you've said it a couple of times then, just keep it pretty simple.
2: Mm. Yeah. Look, I think, um, as a, and I've been a mixed listener long before I was on radio, you know. I was listening to Mix back when it was... Um, snowy you know in the so my you know mum and, and dad listen to mix as well so you know I've pretty much grown up with the show um, and kind of you get the feel of, of you know what listeners want to hear in the morning and um you know being a being a mom with three kids also and I know the the chaos and obviously so does a dad with three kids the chaos that comes with being a you know a parent and anytime you can just relate and have some fun and and I suppose help, help listeners um, through their mornings um, and switch Mm. off and maybe even sometimes just forget about the world um, for a moment and the chaos of their lives and just have some fun. I think that's always been the best radio to me.
1: Yeah. I think also too, James, obviously everyone, you know, the past 18 months have been astounding. And, you know, if you, had talked about the situation we find ourselves in two years ago and that everyone's walking around in masks and all that. Mm. You know, it feels like a, a weird movie. Mm. Um, and then when Aaron kicked off last year, uh, <laughs> we had the really severe bushfires here in South Australia, Kangaroo Island and so forth. So it's weird in the whole time that you've been mm. here, um, we, we've sort of been in this really sort of unique scenario that everyone is, is sharing and is stuck in. Um, but it's it's bloody tough for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, I think the, the main thing, and this has always been the thought in Breakfast at Mix and everything else we've done for a long time, and Aaron fits into this perfectly, is to try and link with the community, help as many people as we can. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think some of the, the things that over the years that we've done and we've done this year and last year that we're very proud of, have that really strong community link, have maybe a charity component, because I figure we are in such a privileged position. Yeah, we can have some fun and try and take your mind off maybe some of the hassles you have, but also, you know, hopefully we can in some small way have an impact on individuals and and perhaps, you know, the, the wider community, uh, you know, in a positive way. And that's mm-hmm. really, really important to us. And that's what Erin yeah. loves as well, which was, you know, I was so excited when she signed on because... You know, she has that uh, you know that big heart, which we try and always address with people if possible.
0: Yeah, and it's obvious she really care about the product too, which which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to dwell on it, but I feel like I should refer to it briefly. The earlier this year, when you were off air for a little while, mm-hmm. the amount of publicity you got when you weren't on air was yep. was quite incredible. But you obviously felt it was
1: it needed a bit of a reset. Yeah, look, I, I suppose it was interesting in that scenario because it was a new show and I think getting our head around you know, the planning processes and, and planning a bit further ahead, I think we had that first sort of period before the holidays and then it was essentially Duncan just gave us the chance to reset, spend some time looking at what have we learned so far, how do we put that into place now that we've almost had a bit of a use a footy analogy, and you know, a bit of a practice match type time, um, right now, how do we take that to now start to make some real impact, um, and you know, hopefully, uh, do do some stuff that, that's good and that people really love.
0: Sure. Um, just just going back to content briefly too. The is there a line you? Where you have to be careful relating to family stories. Sometimes, like I've spoken to other breakfast hosts, and some some are happy their partners don't listen to the show. Yeah. Others others are careful. They obviously want to be respectful, but um, yeah. they like to involve and tell a good story. But there's certain certain things that are maybe off bounds.
2: Um, I know for me, every time I know that I'm talking about my partner Tracy, my wife, um, I do run it by her. Um, and because usually she gives me even better content for it, and so she, <laughs> she, um, you know, she, she's we don't take ourselves seriously in the fact we like to have a laugh at each other, and then, um, you know, so it, it, we're not serious people. So, um, but I, it, it's funny because um, she does we do enjoy laughing at each other and I know for
1: mm.
2: for you and Kate, um, mm. I'm not sure if she, does she listen to it? Much? She
1: does, yeah, yeah, she does. <laughs> she listens to it with the kids and because the more kids are getting a little bit older as well now, they're, you know, starting to get stuck into it and they'll hear things and, you know, we try and integrate our kids into the show in a way that is, you know, meaningful and relatable to people and hopefully don't overdo it yeah. and just get the balance right. Um, so, yeah, with that side of it, but... You know, the one thing, and James, I don't come from a radio background. You know, I didn't start till later and, you know, I didn't really come from a TV background. I was a school teacher and a fireman and all these different things and sort of stumbled into media probably by accident. Um, You know, the thing since I've been here in radio is it's been drummed into me, you've got to be yourself. You know, you've got to take the facade down. Um, If you want to pretend to be someone, um, you'll get caught out at some point because you just can't, you know, can't keep up that the whole time. And um, so, you know, it's sort of caution to the wind and you go, well, look, you know, you're going to have opinions with certain things. People won't always agree with them. But, you know, I think, uh, same with Erin and I, we have different views on things as well. But yeah. I think, James, when you, you, know, you think of your friendships and your family, just because you might disagree on a topic with friends and family doesn't mean you don't like each other. Mm. And I think, you know, that diversity is fantastic. Um, and the differences are great. So, you know, I think you've got to you've got to stand up and say, oh, I think this or I feel this, mm-hmm. um, because you would do that in a private situation. And, you know, essentially, yeah. I hope that, you know, the feeling of our show with everyone, mm-hmm. uh, and Aaron and I have discussed this a lot, is, you know, essentially you're, you're sitting down with a bunch of friends, as, you know, we consider our audience, you know, mm-hmm. great. We've got the best audience in the business. I've no doubt about that. And they're generous and they look after each other and they yeah. come along for the ride. So... I sort of, you know, think about it as we're sitting at a barbie having fun. You know, sometimes we're going to get serious about a situation. Other times, we're going to take the piss out of each other because that's the Aussie way of showing a bit of love and care for each other as well. Sure. Um, a lot of people
0: get up early. You guys uh, have to do that for your job. Just give us a little insight into your your morning routine. What What do you sort of straight out of bed into the car, or do you pot around have some breakfast? What happens? Mm.
2: Um, so my alarm goes off at 4am, 4 4.10 and 4.15, not three. <laughs> um, but honestly, I haven't had to use, I've only used the second alarm probably five times um, usually. And look, to be honest, um, it's it's really strange because sometimes most of the time I wake up like two minutes before four o'clock. Like <laughs> it's amazing mm. how your mind knows you're about to, um, your, your, your alarm's about to go off. And usually I've got two kids in my bed kicking me out anyway. Um, So um, I I get up at – I'll just turn this off the computer. Um, So, yeah, I'm up at at four. Um, I I try to leave the house by half past four with a takeaway coffee that I make at home that just keeps, you know, lets me wake up from the drive from from West Lakes to North Adelaide. And we basically um, get here just before five and then start um, our prep uh, at five o'clock but mm. i usually don't make my first piece of toast james until about half past six so okay yeah okay. and yeah. so to fast all morning which is ridiculous
1: yeah i do eat at lunchtime i don't know the last couple of years i've been fasting i read some article james and got sucked in and so i keep doing it now um but yeah i get up at 4 10 mm. um have to get out of the house without trying to wake anyone because you know mm. my kids are eight six and four and if any of them wake up they're not going back to sleep yeah. so i've got to swear. Sort of <laughs> Quick shower, tiptoe out, and I try and get to work at about um, 4 30, 4.30, 4 35. I go and park in the back streets and meditate for 20 minutes. Um, I did this meditation course la- early last year where you sort of meditate for 20 minutes a day at the start of the morning and then in the afternoon to try and give myself a little bit of uh, relaxation. So I do that in the car and then come into work, and then we sort of get in by five and get stuck into it. Yeah. Well, wow, that's amazing. So you do that in the car? You park. Yeah, somewhere. yeah. Sit in the car, got the eyes closed in the street, the back streets of North Adelaide. Um, just waiting for someone to bang on the window and <laughs> break into the car. It hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but it's it just something that you know I came across, and because of busy life and sort of work at both ends of the day, and and on weekends a fair bit too. Just trying to find ways to be healthier, you know, physically and mentally, to to be able to you know continually to do these. Despite probably having a sort of busy work schedule, and Aaron's got an amazingly busy life with footy and you know um, your family and radio, so I think you just got to get yourself in the best shape you can. Mm. He's, yeah, he's
2: meditating. I'm listening to music full belt, trying mm. to sing and waking <laughs> up for for like the next twenty minutes of my ride. So,
1: yeah, yeah, okay, so, he's great.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> so, and then you 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 you're training, I guess, Aaron as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so um, our season for AFLW starts in September for pre-season, but um, there's a pre-pre-season already in place that's um, basically, yeah, you've just got to get yourself in shape, ready to go for September. Um, So I pretty much train um, still five days a week. Um, You know, I've got... Uh, a little gym at home set up, but there's it's a It's better of-
1: than a little gym, James. <laughs> yeah, the garage is, there's no cars in the garage, is it? It's just weights no. and bikes and stuff. Well,
2: wow. you know, I did that since radio because I found usually I go um, straight to a gym um, or go use the club rooms, um, but because of, of radio and, you know, I get home midday and sometimes it's, you know, you just cannot be bothered go, going into a gym, so I've I found that working out at home and training at home has been really beneficial. Um, and but also we get into we've started small group sessions with the crows as well. So training's in full swing, um, radio and three kids. So you know I'm just as as busy as this guy next to me who's always on TV at night. Uh, we're always gone at night and in the morning.
0: So, so so what's your commitment at seven? You're you're over there every day.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm very fortunate enough to sort of read the sport in the six o'clock news. So that's sort of Monday to Friday. Um, and then, uh, Jay's, we do a, a bit of a state league game of football on Channel 7, which we broadcast and call um, normally one or two a weekend. And then uh, if there's a, an AFL game that Channel 7 are broadcasting in Adelaide, I'll do that as well. So, look, it's busy um, and you know, given the fact that I'm not there for the wake-ups, for breakfast for the kids and getting them to school, and then I normally you know, pick them up from school and then handball them back to to my wife, Kate, and then she's got to do the witching hour and put them down and do the dinner. So, am I'm, I'm blessed. I get to be, you know, like a Disneyland dad during the day and after school, mm-hmm. and I don't have to deal with much of the crap. So, if you know, I'm very, very fortunate in that regard. And then on weekends, in summer, and when there's no football, I'm sort of home as much as possible. And you, you now you both
0: cover um port and Adelaide home games when they're when they're on seven, is that right? Yeah, you've done a few
2: this year.
1: you? Having yeah, you? they've yep. only actually been
2: um, Crows haven't got too many seven games, unfortunately. So you've got to be uh, winning James
1: <laughs> to get the, the seven games, they hand all the others to Fox yeah, like, if they're not the big marquee yeah, games, yeah. yeah. Port
2: games, So,
1: yeah. um, yeah, we've had a couple of games yeah. where, um, well, look, I think there's no doubt Channel 7C that, uh, I mean, Erin's without doubt the greatest female footballer. I mean, it's only young uh, in the evolution of the game. It's five years. But, um, you know, she's head and shoulders above the greatest player in the comp and there's no doubt there's, a, I think, a very um, a very healthy media career going to the sport in terms of TV if Erin wanted to do it once she wraps up. So, I think Seven have seen that and they're very keen to to get her involved. So, mate, she understands the game better than me. We were, we were actually watching – we were doing a game a little while ago and it was Geelong and Port. Mm. And Port had came back in the last quarter and they got ahead, James, and I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> right, I think that's enough. They're probably home. And Aaron, I looked over at Erin and she said, no, nah, Geelong are going to win. And I went, yep. oh, I don't know. And I said, go on, turn the mic on and say it. <laughs> and she said, no, 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 I don't want to jump in at the commentary now. I've just – They'll win you watch. Anyway, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I don't reckon she really knows what she's talking about here. Geelong go bang, 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 bang. They win. I look over there and she goes, I told you so, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's good fun, but to have that opportunity to do that together, you yeah. know, on national TV has been brilliant. You know, I love that. Yeah. It's like we're taking mixed radio to the footy ground. Mm. Yeah. Look, I'm not
0: much of a sports reporter, but I'll try this anyway. Yeah, I've seen a bit of speculation how long you'll play on, Aaron. Mm. Have you got Have you got a couple more seasons left in you?
2: Yeah, I reckon. Um, you know, obviously I'm not at an age where I can just say oh, I've got at least five more. Or <laughs> um, So I have been taking it year by year, but honestly, my body feels really good. So, um, I'm ho- I'm hoping to play at least a couple more. So. Yeah, but you know, I, honestly, I was just really, really lucky to play even one year because you know, football always been my um, game that I've always been passionate about, and you know, to not have missed the opportunity to play in the AFLW when so many women uh, who who were just unfortunately um, just missed the boat being a little bit too old. So every I guess every year after the first year I played, I felt like we're just bonuses. So, you know, to be heading into my seventh year, um, yeah, I'm just so, so lucky.
1: James, just to give you, Erin is very modest because obviously back when she was a kid, you know, there was no no girls' footing. So the girls played with the boys till what, about under 12? Yeah. And then from then on, you know, the girls weren't able to, able to play and then that's when you took up basketball. But uh-huh. up to that point at 12, Erin was... As good a footballer as any boy. And in fact, John Cale, who is a legendary coach here, um, did say that I think at that point, that at 12 years of age, Aaron was the best junior footballer he'd ever seen, boy or girl. So I think um, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's a bit almost like mm-hmm. a fairy tale watching because I've seen Aaron grow through her basketball and being involved in sports, seeing all of that happen, knowing that I'd seen her play footy as a teenager in some of these charity games. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the, the, the footy came up, um, I, I'm just glad that everyone got the chance to see and that footy, girls' footy didn't kick off in another five years when it mm. would have been too late. So, you know, for someone who hadn't even been involved in football and then suddenly comes out in the first year and wins the equivalent of the Brownlow, um, it was pretty remarkable. And
0: so, I guess it's right to say that, you know, future years that the the women footballers have, will owe a lot to the work Erin did in, in establishing the code and, and taking yep. it to a level where they... They, hopefully, they can earn a reasonable living out of it soon.
1: Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah, she will be one of the pioneers. And um, James, I've been lobbying for a, a big statue, but um, <laughs> I get annoyed when I do that. But I said we need a you know, dirty big bronze Aaron Phillips stuck out the front of the Adelaide Oval. And look, I have no doubt it will come at one point too, because obviously that you know that ground, they fifty three thousand people pack in there a few years ago to watch you know Erin and the team win. Um, and and we were fortunate enough to be broadcasting that game, and it was just, it was one of the most spine-tingling moments I've seen in sport um, was that particular game. It was, yeah, it was amazing.
0: Yeah. Look, I won't keep you too much longer, but a couple of things I want to ask you. Mm. I'd love to hear a little bit about your team that works with you, um, Mm. starting with maybe the great Shane Lowe, a bloke who I thought was fantastic. I interviewed him quite a few times when he was back on Nova in the day, and it's great to hear him working with you.
2: Uh, he's wonderful um you know we've we're so lucky to have him and his knowledge for radio and and the content that he brings um and his quirks his energy Mm. um he just complements us our team so well so um i I obviously heard him when it was um lewis and low uh on nova and he was wonderful then so yeah, we're just very, very fortunate to have him because he's he's a pro. Um yep. and anytime we can have someone like him around, it only makes your show better.
1: I think we, he fell into the lap here because he was doing, you know, a bit of um a bit of casual work here at Mix. Um, but the thing, James, that is so great about Shane as well, given that, you know, he he anchored that show with with Dylan and himself. And, you know, obviously these people know Dylan was living in Melbourne for much of their time. So essentially, you know, he was Handling all of that, as well as being a huge part of the of the duo, mm. so to have him there with us is is amazing. Yeah. And he is one of the quirkiest cats I've ever come across in my life, James. And yeah. he is brilliant because he just gives us another whole perspective of the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unbelievably grateful that he is a part of our team. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, uh, yeah, we love him. And you've got a newish executive producer. Yeah, Brad Hume, who you guys would all know pretty well. Oh, uh, yeah, I I Brad's Brad. yeah, been yeah, yeah. involved in radio many, many, many times and spent a lot of time with Christian O'Connell setting up mm-hmm. um, that show. Um, and he's just a very, very kind, generous, intelligent, mm-hmm. clever man on top of his radio skills. Yeah. So um very, very lucky yeah. to to have him in here's experience. I think he's just about every time he tells us the story or something, yeah. I think he's bloody worked just about everywhere with everyone. And there's one thing I've noticed about all the radio people, yeah. um, they all seem to have worked everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> different states, different stations, yeah. you know, which is quite remarkable. So mm-hmm. um yeah he, he's been awesome and we've got you know a great young team uh, as well really enthusiastic, passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very dedicated, uh, you know, we've got uh, Rachel Nell who's doing producing, uh, Rosie Panetta who came from Nova as well, she's been okay. awesome yeah. since she's come in this year, um, Tom Lyon who does a lot of the audio stuff for us and and Mazzy who is our newsreader um, and there's one thing that, you know, I've listened to a lot of Christian O'Connell's show since he's been here and I love what Christian does and I, I love the way how he integrates Jack Post and Pats into his into his show you know it seems like a very from what i've gathered and again i don't have a great radio experience but sort of the way that a lot of english radio is done like with chris moyles where they have their team in Um, and you know our newsreader uh, maz maria Gaban is brilliant and is one of the nicest you know human beings you'll ever meet so um she's playing more and more a bit of a role um you know with us as well which is which is brilliant
0: um, and tell me who deserves the credit for putting together your podcast? Because I've I've got to try and stay across a lot of breakfast yeah. radio and I see the podcast and I see full show and think, Oh dear, this will take a while. But then I look at yours and it's about 20 minutes. Mm. It's fantastic. You get a great snapshot of the bang, 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 all the best
1: bit. Hey James, um, does that mean that there's so many ads and songs that we're not actually doing anything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I think yeah, the team effort all sort of go yeah. through and, and yeah. pick, pick what we hope are highlights, mate. Hopefully that's yeah. enough to fill twenty minutes,
0: maybe. <laughs> you no, know, nah, it's just it's just the greats. I reckon some of them are way too long, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's There's bits of filler, but you, I mean, I think they release a couple each day. They give a short grab of your of your big yeah. highlight, then they package together all, yeah. all the other stuff. Look, yeah. I might sort of wrap this up. Talk a little bit about the Adelaide radio market. It's it's not as competitive as some of well, it's not as big as some of the other markets, which I, I think makes it even maybe, maybe more competitive because the pressure's on you to reach quite a wide audience, isn't it? You can't really afford to segment too much. And that's something you seem
1: to do very successfully. Um God, that's probably again people smarter than us <laughs> <to be laughs> developing those strategies. But um the the one thing I, I look at is you know. James, for people that aren't really familiar with Adelaide, there's, I think we've got like one and a half million people in South Australia, and majority of those are are in the city here. Um, It's bizarre how small um, it feels for a big place. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you think of Geelong, and I I spent a lot of time in Melbourne growing up. You know, it, it feels like it's as sort of smallish, it almost feels like it's a regional town, yet it's, you know, there's a massive number of people here for a city. I, don't, I think San Francisco has got a million odd people. Mm-hmm. So it, it's bizarre how linked everyone is. And, you know, a lot of stations are probably, we're all a lot of the times talking about similar sort of things. So I think it's a matter of just trying to put our our brand and, and our views um, on things. And hopefully yep. that sounds good. And, and I think I know, Erin, that, you know, that, that link to the community and what we can do yeah. to help the community is, you know, That's the bit where I derive the most
2: pleasure. James, you'll like this story because I'm obviously new to radio, so I'm still learning how things work um, in this industry. But I had to tell my mum not very long ago that she needed to, because I went over there one morning and she had all of her radios in all different rooms turned on to mix. And I said, why are your radios on? She's like, so you can get better ratings. <laughs> I said, well, Mum, that's not how it works. <laughs> so then she rang up my sister and told her, we don't need our radios on in every room, and then told her, her sisters and my aunties and everyone, accustomed uh, 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 the fortune in electricity bills because they were running their radios. So um, it's all it's all an experience. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think for both of us too, uh, because... Um, I didn't come from radio. I remember James for the first year mm-hmm. when I was uh, working here. They kept talking about the breaks when we we're doing our planning, and coming from a bit of TV, I thought the breaks were the commercial breaks. Yeah. And it <laughs> be, like I was sitting there going, "Why are they spending so much time talking about the breaks? Aren't the ads already done?" Yeah. And and this went on for ages. And they go, "Well, that <laughs> break needs this." And I'm thinking, shouldn't we talk about more about what <laughs> we're talking about on air rather than the breaks, thinking they were commercials? Yeah. So I, I'm still learning stuff. You know the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you know I've got bloody heaps to learn. So I sort of feel new like Aaron in a way as well, with just a couple mm-hmm. of extra years. do you are there sort of factions
0: at all in the media over there because there's you hear about them in Melbourne and Sydney a bit, but i I mean for example, yeah. I presume you get on with Ruo cakes, you'd come across him a fair bit at the Crows.
1: Well he he's yeah. he's essentially Aaron's boss yeah. at the, the
2: Yeah, I've known Maru obviously a long, long yeah. time and um he's he's great. So I see him all the time at the footy and uh, yeah. at the footy club. So uh it's just bizarre that we um, you know, well, we're kind of we're, we're teammates also. Yeah. We're rivals. Rivals. Rivals, so, yeah. In another area. But
1: it's Adelaide, you know, yeah. you cross paths. And you know, I remember Roo when he was a little pimply teenager who still looked as big as a brick shit house when he came <laughs> down from the country at 18 to play with the Crows, you know, and when I first saw him when he came to Adelaide. And, um, you know, and even and Dits, he's a yeah. I worked with Dits at Channel 7 for many, many, many years because, you know, he's a wonderful sports broadcaster, yeah. Dits. So, you know, everyone pretty much knows everyone. So, um, yep. yeah, it's, it's weird. It is a very insular, small sort of town, despite that it is a reasonable size.
0: Yeah. Okay, look, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for your time. Um, really appreciate it. If uh, anybody listening to this podcast, and I'm sure there will be a lot outside of Adelaide, look, Tune in on your um, radio app some days. I think you'll be impressed by uh, the quality of the show they put there or, or catch up on that um, that um, good length podcast every day.
1: So to Aaron, thanks so much. No, thank you, mate. Thank you. Um, if anyone does tune in from Interstate, <laughs> can they tune in on as many devices as possible so that we can get <laughs> more ratings thanks to Julie Phillips. <laughs> thanks, James. Thank you, mate.